start. We'll have to start talking about uh, whatever. Okay, so you want us to start. The audio is fixed. Kind of. Kind of. It sounds fine on the podcast, which is kind of. Hear his voice, though. I mean, (laughs) we can all hear our voice a little bit. I don't usually. I am not usually. I think. I think I can. I can hear it like when it's the right volume. So yeah. So if you if you cannot hear yourself with headphones, get closer. Stay close, Mike. There you go. So Becca, you asked me. No I one can see you, this, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I actually asked Palmer if he was the one who pushed you down, and that's why you have your hand. No, no, he fell so all wrecked. on his own. He was doing like, and then he got on the E, and his feet went out from him, and he went whoa! I I can't do it right. He said it's so funny. He went oh! <laughs> and I remember watching him. I was like halfway down. Well, the we levee. were sliding down the levee. For people that don't, that's what we were on the levee, sliding well, down the levee. Slowly. Okay, I mean, yeah. We weren't like, it wasn't like on cardboard boxes. Like, we had shoes. Right. But Nathan got on the slippery part on the E, and you can realize how long that is. And he went, whoa! And it was just going straight towards the Mississippi. And I wanted to, like, run after him, like, don't go in the Mississippi! <laughs> From where I was, it looked, well, first but of all, whenever, I I, whenever my head hit when I was sliding down, because I was on my back, there was like a bright, like just kind of like a like a flash. Like there was just, and then I saw that I was sliding out. It was kind of like so you and saw ta- the light? And that Taylor Lautner, not very funny. And that Taylor Lautner movie, Abduction, where he's like sliding off of that building in Chicago, where he's like, "What's going on?" And then he like all over the it, but then he's fine in the end. Uh, but it was like that, but it was with the river. I didn't. I thought I was going into the Mississippi as well. So I got just it. a question, Palmer. Since you've moved down, yeah, if you actually, you've got, you've just got like that. You you see this <laughs> black knob right here? Very good podcasting here yeah now just move the mic up yeah, in your we direction got we got it that's perfect so what i'm there. saying is that this part of the mic the side is what you should your lips should be facing Ooh. Kiss the mic. yeah that's good so i have a question palmer um since you've moved downtown moved downtown how many times have you uh gone sliding on the levee well the conditions have to be just right and you have to have the right shoes on so and I happened to have my skate shoes on that day. So how many times? Once. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure it was okay. Not and it was that you, night, and I did a great job. I've never done that before, but I'm a man who can slide. <laughs> Since you live downtown, how many times have you been to the movies? Oh, that's the worst part. There's no movie theater downtown Baton Rouge. All you have is theater. Well, okay, but Manship. That's playing something. Maybe like every once in a while, you realize, oh, there's something at Manship this week. And it's ha- it's every maybe few weeks. one movie a week. Yeah, and that one movie might be there three times. So that's probably like what mid nineties was playing there. Mid nineties is like it. the yeah. movie of the month. Uh, so that's all you're going to be able to see. I miss Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which sucked for a little bit, and then a week later I realized that it would have been a sing along. So I'm just making <sighs> myself upset if I'm going to a sing along. If anyone is listening to these that does the sing alongs. Can we just request that that doesn't happen anymore? I like sing-alongs. I think that we should have sing-alongs where people can go and do that type of thing. But if you're going to go and see a musical, like if La La Land is playing and you go and oh. see it, don't sing along because Come there on. are no words at the bottom of the screen. No. Oh, okay. So Other people are probably seeing it for the first time. We don't want to hear everyone in the audience sing. We want to hear Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. So what if Still, it's... What, no. Why do you have to sing in this sing- in this movie? Are the people in the movie not singing well enough? They are loud singing enough, very enough, well. Enough, enough? Would it be like going to in. see Star Wars and everyone, whenever it's the Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi fight, everyone stands up and they start fighting each other. Not that really. would be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. Okay. That was a terrible that analogy. Today. But as Did you? Yeah, in Roman's Pizzeria, they had the movie playing. Okay, so they have a they have they have movies playing in Rowan's Pizzeria. Well, you go to your they local had a AMC TV and, on. Oh, there, and the TV was and on. the movie happened to be playing. Today. This is also a great time to reach out to all movie theater managers in the local Baton Rouge area. If you have a TV playing, which most of you do, have a movie playing on there. Yeah, yeah. no because one wants I don't to watch to sports. Food Network. Well, we're talking about like at the bar. 
right. the bar. I mean, oh. I mean, that's really the only place you've got a TV. But the they, theater. they're like for some reason, like I don't know. Like people, it's not that they're not allowed. It's like people want to watch sports at bars. When you're here, it doesn't matter. Okay, also, real remember quick. that you're not allowed to stay at the bar after the movie anyway. So it's not like that's you can an AMC policy. Around. Yeah. Okay, real quick. I would just want to go back. To also, there maybe are AMC people, sponsor us. If there you want are to. people out there who like to go to sing-alongs and sing along. Because, are we still on this? No, yes, because y'all were downing it, and I didn't get to say my point as to why okay. it's amazing. Well, what I was because people I was, like me. I why? Like because to you watch, have a great voice, and you. No, no, I like to go and watch the movies at home so I can sing along to it because it is so fantastic, and you feel more involved with the movie. What I was saying is that I'm happy that I did not go to the Holy Grail thing because I didn't realize it was a sing along, and that's where people should go for that thing. They yes, don't, and I what think I'm it's saying is, that I'm bummed that I missed out on Monty Python because it was a sing along. <laughs> you did you want? No, to sing no, along? no singing. No singing. <laughs> Paul would have been the only person like, shush! Listen to the man in the movie. And read the lyrics. We've been a little bit behind. We've got a few weeks of movies so we have to catch up on. So we should probably shotgun these a little bit. Um, Suspiria. Oh, no, we can't go slow on that one. Okay, let's just spend, let's just, yeah, let's just, whatever. Not shotgun or whatever. That movie was pretty scary. Did y'all think, have y'all seen the original Suspiria? Oh, you have a, you have a cut too. Well, he's always got cuts. He's riding his bike all around. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? You have a cut in your hand. I know. It's hilarious. His story was like three times as long as any of these stories I tell. Okay. I got stories too, bro. <laughs> so, right, so, newest Suspiria movie by Luca Guadagnino, I think. Okay, I've got That's that That's a good one. But yeah, anyway, he did Call Me By Your Name, and now he's back. Apparently, he's been wanting to remake Suspiria for a very, very long time. It's an hour longer than the original Anyway, there and it's set in the '70s instead of being set like in the '40s, which I believe the last one was. And uh, it's a dance troupe, which is a haven for a bunch of witches. I guess a coven. It's a coven. Actually. Yes, a coven. And the newest girl comes along, and it seems like she has got something very, 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 very special to offer. And uh, it's a pretty creepy place. What did you guys think of Suspiria? Well, I hadn't seen the original. So I really wanted to actually before I saw this one, but it was insanely creepy. I usually don't get creeped out by um, witches and demons and stuff, but this one actually really did it. It was terrifying. It was it was the first movie since uh, Mother that I felt that my body was clenching through the entire thing. And then whenever the credits went up, I was like, oh. I'm so stressed because I've been clenching this entire time. It does get pretty nasty. And even and there are a lot of times where, like you said, your body does kind of tense up a little bit. And it's not just because it's getting nasty. There are other times, like even in some of those dance sequences, it's some of the musical so, cues that they had and the yeah. ways that the women would look at each other, like you know that they're witches at that point. But you can just feel that there's something nasty going on there. And just the way that they get that across. Is, even some of the women who aren't witches, like just the, the students who really don't know what's going on. They as well just adapt to the mentality of just and yeah, it, the darkness. dancing in the movie is pretty much giving yourself over entirely to this thing. What is it that they say when you dance the dance of another? You're bringing on the person entirely. Palmer, what did you think? Uh, it was very creepy. Good input. <laughs> I was waiting for a place to jump in. Here. Well, what did you guys? Know. What did I you thought, guys think about I the runtime? It really, it's a horror movie that's two and a half hours long. That's a lot. That's a it lot of movie. It didn't feel that. No, long. I didn't feel like that at all. I at all. I'm trying to think what happened in between. Like everything was so capturing, not just like screen wise, but you were trying to figure out what was actually going on. And then whenever it wasn't creepy, there was actually a really good plot line uh, about the main girl who is in. 
I can't. Dakota. What's Dakota Johnson. Dakota what, she's Johnson. in uh, she's Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, that's right. She's in that's that what she's too. really. Which I for. really, I, I actually haven't seen any of those Fifty Shades. Movies. I saw. Them. I saw the first one. Oh, really? I've not seen the other no, two. I have not seen that. Oh. That was a joke. I thought that Suspiria was very real. If there were actually be witches, and if witch, you know, witchery was a believable thing. Uh, it, okay, it what? is. Let's I mean, not, we don't need to talk about witches. Okay. I would just say what get I'm a little bit closer is, to the mic. That's all I think. Yeah. Other than that. <clears throat> I thought Suspiria did a really good job of showing what a real witch would look like. It was, you know, they weren't riding around on broomsticks or nothing, obviously. There was some cackling, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. There was some cackling. There was a little bit of cackling. There but was it was scene. really scary because they knew that no one was really suspecting them of anything. Mm-hmm. And if anyone did suspect them of anything, they could handle it very well. They were definitely more powerful, and they were only powerful within themselves. So the only checks and balances they had were themselves. And from what you saw in the beginning of it, the whole movie was because of this imbalance of this evil power. Yeah. But, but wait, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and no, if we, I just wanted to touch on uh, Tilda Swinton. Go touch wherever you need to. <laughs> Tilda Swinton was Touch very her. creepy. No, she was. She was very and lovely. Apparently, she, was, she played three oh roles. God. Yes, that was. Nathan told me halfway through the film that Tilda Swinton was playing. Which I've got to stop doing that. I've done that. Yeah, a few that times really recently. that I've, bothered I've, me for the rest of the movie. Yeah. She he told me that Tilda Swinton was playing um, the main witch or like the teacher of the dance studio. Which I let's come back to the old man because yeah, she plays and him as an well. old man and who else? Um, the uh, the other mother. Other mother, the yeah, just a bunch of makeup. Yeah, lots uh, of makeup. The okay, one that was, yeah. okay. So, I get what it. did y'all? Because a few things that were added were that character, uh, the character of the man, the uh, psychiatrist. I thought it was good. I thought it was needed because they needed a witness. I yeah. liked the investigative thing that was going on. I like how he's investigating, and I also liked how not to try to give anything away, but like afterwards, how he was treated by some of the witches. I I thought it. Landed it was it. like interesting. It's kind of strange. It's not all that often that a movie has a really uh, what was the other one? Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. I think that has a really good ending as well. It's usually pretty rare that you'll have a horror movie that feels like it lands everything wonderfully. Yeah, Tilda Swinton was great. I'm not sure if there's anything. Uh, I did. I enjoyed it. I don't know. It hasn't really. It creeped me out a lot more over the last few days. Maybe I would have to see it again to really feel. But I thought it was all right. After yeah. the last few days have gone by, I feel like it's all right. I need to. I need. The I trailer think... freaked me out a lot more than the movie did. Huh. Although the movie is still very scary. Okay, I but I will say there are two two scenes where you need to be very cautious going into this movie. They are quite disturbing. It's a disturbing movie. Be cautious about how disturbed you want to be. <laughs> they should have called it Disturbia. It's not that you can't you can't tell all these people Buff. that the movie's going to be super disturbing because then they're going to watch and be like that wasn't that disturbing okay well no i was told that it would be disturbing and i was like oh psh. and it was all right i'm going to talk about widows now okay because go i ahead. thought widows was pretty awesome have you guys i right? did not see widows i have no and idea widows what is still movie in that theaters. is widows i'm, I'm looking it's the it new up steve mcqueen movie which you should be you know the man who brought Michael Fassbender to the forefront, Steve McQueen, has is Michael movie. Fassbender in this He's movie. He's not in it. He's not in That's it. That's anyway, different. So it starts. Which the opening, the opening scene, it does a great job. I mean, it's a thriller. It's about what? I think it's about two hours long. The first scene, what you get, obviously, you know that it's about a bunch of widows, so you know that their husbands are going to die. The four men are in a job together. So the first scene, you see the job taking place. 
mainly what is going wrong with the job, juxtaposed with scenes of each of the men with their wives. So you're pretty much being introduced to all the characters within the first three minutes. And whenever it starts ramping up the tension to, uh, and it's whenever they're with their wives, it's not like just kissing or out at dinner or things like that. Like it's very intimate scenes dealing with really serious stuff in a relationship. Is it a bit more than kissing? Well, I'm not saying that you've got people rolling around in in the bed or anything, but then you've got this, uh, this chase that you can tell almost like at the beginning of the dark night, whenever it's kind of like that type of tension Mm -hmm. that's ramping up and it's, uh, it gets pretty, it gets pretty, well, I don't know. I don't want to say scary. It's intense. So five minutes into the movie, it's established everyone really, really well, almost without any talking whatsoever. Hmm. So okay. just from the very beginning, I kind of I kind of was sold on the movie. But the way that it, uh, if you're a heist movie fan, which the Oceans movies are like some of my favorite movies. They're so much fun. I know that you guys love you them mean, too. Uh, the so new one? we're all heist movie fans. Yeah, we all like heist. So yeah, we no, like I do. Job. I do, but I, this one kind of looks like... And that's like... the thing. It doesn't have the, you know, with something like the Italian job or the Oceans movies, it's not the type of heist movie where you've got Viola Davis in the center and the camera's spinning around her and she's like, so you got to be right here at 5.15 and then at 5.17 <laughs> we're going to throw this out the window and then the boat's going to go right around the bend. Well, no, the those are my favorite kind. Which those are great woman, still, and this kind of has this. The thing is is that they have to figure out what, well, I guess that's the main plot. It was point. a little more dramatic than... Colin Farrell shows up and Colin Farrell... No, no. Uh, okay. The main... the Daniel Kaluuya, I forget how to pronounce his last name, from Get Out and... Uh, uh, the cousin from Atlanta. Daniel two, Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. He and his cousin are the people that Liam Neeson and his team stole from in the beginning. So they go to the wives and say, you owe us $2 million and you owe us $2 million in about 15 days. Okay, so I'm sorry. Can you just go over that? So the men die because they were trying to pull off a heist? They were pulling, yeah, they were pulling off a heist and it went bad. The cops got to them and it kind of okay. surrounded them. Okay, all right. So then the people come to the widows and say, you now owe us the money. Uh, the people that they stole from. Right. And so the women then have to pull off their own heist? They, I mean, they don't tell them you have to go pull off a heist. But, but that's how Viola they decide Davis to do it. finds her husband's notebook mm. with a bunch of plans in them. And it's a nice touch that for some of the movie, it's not like they have a notebook and then they say, all right, step one, you have to go buy the equipment. Step two, we have to find a driver. Like it's, it's all in code. Right. So they kind of have to figure out how are we even supposed to tell what this thing is? Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only reason. So that what I'm, I'm saying is that there is a lot of heist stuff in it. So like if you're a heist movie fan, it's still a great watch and it still delivers on that front. But uh, there's still a lot of stuff with because uh, there's a whole there's a side of stuff that's going on politically. Colin Farrell's in it as a corrupt politician. Ooh, it, yes. Oh, yeah. He's very good. I hate he's, corrupt politicians. Don't you, though? But you don't like you Colin Farrell. Robert Duvall shows up as he's a pretty convincing one. He's he's the old guy who shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm a corrupt politician. How else are you going to get things done around here? Wow, the lines sound pretty bad. That, that's, pretty, that's pretty much, that's his first line. I don't know. I didn't, I did <laughs> I'm not, a corrupt politician, I, lo- I watched the trailer of that movie and I was like, uh, that's another movie that they got a bunch of girls trying to act badass. Like, um, that, that would lady. be Ocean's 8, which was really bad. Okay, yeah, because I yeah. felt like it was that's, an Ocean's 8 yeah. movie and that's what turned me no, off. Ocean's 8, I was, woo, that was a frustrating movie to watch. It's nothing like that. Okay. Nothing they, like they that. They should at all. say things like this movie was directed by Steve McQueen rather Who than Who brought Michael Fassbender to the world. <laughs> yeah. And Hunger, right? Hunger, yeah. Oh, that was a good yeah. one. Um, and that's there was you no, know but that, a Steve McQueen movie. I would have gone to see that. 
Yeah. It's still in theaters. You can still go see it. Uh, There's, uh, you know that shot in Hunger? It's like just the one conversation. It's not like the camera moves or anything. It's yeah, just and like one, that cafeteria It's area. like 15 minutes long. Uh-huh. There's a really good shot where Colin Farrell, which Colin Farrell's kind of like the liberal politician who's in Southside Chicago talking about how we're going to bring prosperity to the working woman here mm-hmm. and everyone's like yeah go colin farrell you're the best and there's a shot where he leaves this little rally that he's got going on he gets in his car the camera is mounted on the hood of the car so you can't actually see inside of the car you can't hear their conversation you can just see the reflection of what is outside from the tinted windows and he's pretty much talking i mean if you, everyone heard his conversation they'd be like this guy's terrible he shouldn't be in politics and he drives from the south side of chicago to his house about two minutes away it's just one shot, and you can see that he's going from this terrible part of the city to a wonderful suburb that he lives in in a beautiful house. That type of that that was a wonderful detail. I'm just saying that that's a nice little part, and I like but the no, movie. I'm, I'm glad uh, that you don't have you to feel embarrassed, even if we're rolling our eyes. We have no. No, I'm glad you talked about it because now I do want to see it. Like I, I did not know that you had gone to see that. I, yeah, I would say that it uh, and what Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is very surprising. He takes oh, kind yeah. of a backseat role. How's John Bernthal? We didn't even John Bernthal's good. He also takes a backseat role. <laughs> we we had, didn't even plan to talk about Buster Scruggs. The review of Buster <laughs> Scruggs is that it's the new Coen Brothers movie and it is awesome. And you should watch it. It's a lot of fun. And the scene with Tom Waits is the best one. But if it's a Netflix is, original film. Aren't no, you worried? No, we already saw. We, no, it. it no. <laughs> No, I've I've several. That's actually people, the only reason I haven't watched it yet. I, I have been waiting for someone to tell me it's actually good. It I know good. several people the, who the have one with seen Tom it. Waits is great, and the one with Liam Neeson is so sad, but it's also kind. Of, it's not funny. There's nothing in it that's funny, but you can't help but laugh when you watch Liam Neeson walking around with this armless, legless British man. Okay, getting, so I know several people who have seen this movie, and they were all kind of like, "Oh, it's a Netflix film. I don't know." So they just watched it for fun. And all of them like different types of movies, and all of them also said that they loved it. It's very so good. So it's kind of it's generic for everybody. I believe you, and I think I really watch it. Do too. That's on Netflix, so you'll find, you'll be able to. Yeah, find you it. can watch it forever. I did not finish Roma, so I can't. Yeah, we should talk finish that tonight. Tonight we should finish that tonight, and uh, then watch it from the guy who did Gravity and Children of Men. He's got a Netflix. George Clooney is in right it now. Is what? What are you talking about? No, he's not. That would be cool though. George Clooney. Okay, I would. The husband it. in Roma has got. Ooh, it it is probably the nicest introduction of a car oh, in a yeah. movie. That I have seen. Very nice. It is so wonderful. Very good. That's all what I'm kind say. of car is it? I, I, you just watch it. It's on Netflix. It's called Roma. It happens within the first 10 It's a minutes. moped. <laughs> it's a Prius. <laughs> it's a Prius. That'd be really funny. I'd be like, oh, man. This is shitty. She's trying to park it and can't get the moped straight. Palmer, anyway. Did you mind? I wanted to see this one a lot. I'm Overlord. upset that I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. The Overlord. I, this is one of those movies. I was so happy because I never saw the trailer. I was. I feel like this right be the best way to go into this one. The theater, and I saw Overlord, and I thought, "What is?" No, actually, I looked it up. I said, "What is Overlord?" I don't know. Let's go see. I think I got like halfway through the trailer, and it was the trailer basically said Nazi zombies. So I said, "Which is pretty much okay." I mean, that's a good pitch. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking this could go either way. Nazi zombies. I never liked the Call of Duty thing. So if it's going to be like that, then I'm not down for it. But so I didn't I didn't really finish the trailer. I, I just yeah, I've I never thought, heard Nazi this movie before. Let's try it. The J.J. Abrams movie. Everyone was worried that it was going to turn out to be like Cloverfield number four. I have. I've never heard of this until he started talking. About really? It. So no, yeah. it's the day before D-Day. 
Okay. okay. And they have to go to this town and they have to disable this radio tower so that the beach doesn't have air support or something. And if they don't disable this radio tower, then D-Day is not happening. So they're hmm. paratroopers behind enemy lines and they, they fall in and they don't, they're like the last platoon left and no one else really survived and they have to go get this place. So a uh, local in the French resistance, I guess she wasn't really in the French resistance quite yet. I don't know if that was a thing, but they, she helps her. And when they're in their house, they, um, it's really weird. Uh, everything keeps cropping up a little bit. Her aunt was away for a while. They had taken her away. And now she's back. And she's this really weird sick thing that goes. Ooh. You don't want that. And Wait. it's just in the bedroom and the soldier keeps peeking his head. And, you know, she's just going. Is it? You know, Is and it? making all this weird stuff. Right. And so the soldier, then I go out for recon and the soldier like gets in the building and. He's, you know, he all of a sudden he gets in a truck because he's trying to escape a dog. And all of a sudden he's in this building and he's like, oh, crap. And he finds one of his guys in the building, like all these tubes and like this nasty stuff attached to him. And he's like, you gotta get me out of here. Now. So he gets him <laughs> out of there and he finds a way out and he leaves a spot open. And all along the way, he sees this crazy stuff. He sees a head that's talking, you know, nothing Ew. else. He sees all this weird, you know, and it never, ever really lays something out for you that you could follow and poke holes in but there's a definite clear path of how this guy's been making whatever these things are that's for the Aryan race for you know he needs a hundred year army and it's really cool it's this really weird sci-fi you know kick ass did it freak you out like I mean, what, in a way that a movie like this would? It was like a jump would? scare movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, How is the design of the zombie? That's what I because zombies are everywhere nowadays. Is it? Is it? No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like zombies at all. They were, you know, it's one of those movies where you'd say, "I guess those are zombies." Okay. But they were very scientific. It was never scientific. I shouldn't say it like that. It was very like reserved. There was never like a horde of zombies coming at you. They were in the news. There was only like one or two zombies alive yet that were actually really effective. Okay, but was it giving off the vibe like? In a little bit, this will be like like it'll grow. Well, I feel like that might be no, a little bit. No, no, not at all. Oh, okay, it never okay. was. It was just this weird Nazi experiment that no one has discovered. And then, you know, you got to watch the rest of the movie. But it was, it's good. Oh man, it was a lot of fun. Okay. It was a lot of fun. See, I was not is... expecting it to be. You know, it was it was badass in every way. It was good as like a World War II movie. It was the greatest zombie movie. There was a little love story going on with him and the French girl. You know, and nothing was overplayed. Kind of like in Fury. You always have to have something <laughs> going on with a French girl. Usually for just one night. like, see, around this time of year is when whenever I really wish that I still had the movie pass. Because... Get the AMC Stubbs one. Goodness gracious. Get oh, that one. Okay. Yes. AMC Stubbs. It's better than movie pass. <laughs> We're not being paid okay, to say wait, that. Not yet. Do you, guys, do you guys get emails from movie pass? No. It's so sad. It's so sad. Aww. Like... About two weeks ago, they said, "Hey, it's now like Compassion ninety. For movie pass. It's now ninety dollars instead of a hundred dollars for a year subscription." And then the next week, it said, "Hey, you can now get two subscriptions for ninety dollars." <gasps> and the one I got like a few days ago was like fifty eight dollars for oh, two no! subscriptions. And so, so wait, is it is it like no, what are the stipulations still, though? You still only you get like three movies a week, or maybe like two movies a week. And uh, I thought it might be, but it's like fifty eight dollars a month. 
Um, I don't know the specifics. It's oh, that's right. And I'll you can't go see blockbuster movies the day that they come out. You have to wait two weeks. I mean, I'd be okay with that because I don't like doing that anyway. That's the thing. I don't want to play a game. No, you just want to go to the movies. When yeah, you go to the movies. And right. the, with the AMC one, you get Dolby and you get IMAX. That is true. So, so I, I mean, do need to. And we how were, much we were like sneaking in to see. Yeah, that, <laughs> we use a movie pass to just lie. Well, what I would do Dolby. is I would. They would pay for at least ten dollars of my Dolby ticket. So, and then you yeah. get a beer, so you're giving them money anyway. Oh, yeah, and then if you were smart about it, what you could do is you could pay for your ticket at the concession stand and wrap up. If your ticket was like $7, you could get like $3 worth of concessions off your movie pass. Oh, clever. You know, I know. That's why they're not. That's why they're shut down. It's because of people like me. Yeah, they, they jumped the gun. Um, But real quick, how much is AMC stubs a month? $20. That's true. 20 a month? Okay. All One right. Dolby ticket is $15. Can so I cancel at any time and then resubscribe yeah, like around fine. this time? Yeah, you be fine. As long as you have two email addresses, like you're going to be fine no matter what. All right. First man. This one I think has already come and gone. Whenever I, because it's been, I mean, yeah, it's been a little bit of, anyway, Neil Armstrong, story of him going to the moon. It's not really about going to the moon. I mean, that's all there. And I'm sure that people that love There's that time. A lot time, about the climate. A lot about the climate. Wait, what do you mean about the climate? Well, it's just, there's everything about it. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have interrupted you. No, no, no. I just didn't know what you weren't. Uh, but, okay, you're saying the climate of what was going on around all of them? It was more. It was more about that year. Yeah. What Was it 1964? Something like that, because they went in 69. Um, so yeah. it was from when it, before, whenever, a few years before, when he was just with another, like, private company that was mm-hmm. doing this type of thing. And uh, so, yeah, it's... Yeah, remember the test that he was doing, and then yeah, he went over was, to NASA. That was for the Air Force. The so Air Force, not a private company. There's, there's not no at the private same time back in '64. There are no, <laughs> whatever. SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big part of the world now. Elon Musk was alive then too. He's he's got something in his cabinets that's helping him a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm that lost guy. because I mean, he's got a blood I haven't boy. seen this. Anyway, so. it's Neil. It's about Neil Armstrong going to the moon, and it's got everything surrounding it. That if you're if a history buff that wants to know more about that time period. I I also I enjoyed this one very much. Ryan Gosling is still kind of doing the Ryan Gosling thing of not really having to. I mean, he's he's almost pathologically introverted. He won't talk to anyone about anything, which is kind. Of, Ryan Gosling does that a lot in does a lot of movies. But old Drive, Only God Forgives, The Beyond Notebook, the um, The Notebook. He's pretty out there. Well, he gets pretty out there in the end, but he's always like kind of just standing by the tree. La La Land. He's pretty extroverted in La La Land. <laughs> he no, sings I'm in public. He sings a good bit. Okay. But anyway. I'm just saying. I was he trying dances to. Dances in the sky. I liked. I think what I took most from this was the detail. The detail that they gave in how really unlikely all of this should have been going to the moon. How, At that time. Yeah. How much everyone hated the idea. How everyone was probably right. Like if that had failed, then I think that everyone in the nation would be pretty pissed. Space race would have been over. Pretty but much. did like, it even really happen? Okay. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, I'm kidding. I just wanted I saw to put that movie. out there for they some people. They were on the moon. It's got <laughs> I saw the movie. They filmed it on the that moon. That was one thing that I liked. The way that it moved like before they were at NASA. It's in, it was in 16 millimeter. Then at NASA, it was in 35. And then when they're on the moon, they shot it with IMAX cameras. Which Did you see it in IMAX? No. That's a good movie to Wait, see. Wait, no, I did. I did. I saw it in Dolby. Okay, that's still perfect. That's still very did good. Did you pay for it? Yeah. I would say it felt the the things that I remember while the stuff about him being lonely because of the death of his daughter and that kind of being a big thing that kind mm-hmm. of takes him wanting to do this is great. I mean, that was all very good. But what stuck with me is 
the scene at the beginning whenever he's kind of gliding on and off of the atmosphere so he's not really sure if he's going to make it and whenever they're doing the tests and in like a moment someone's like hold on we can't start the test yet someone give me like a screwdriver or something and they're just kind of like bolting everything in yeah a swiss army knife yeah exactly yeah, yeah a swiss army knife like that was right before all those astronauts died that type of thing oh like, my gosh i hadn't seen i haven't i don't can't think of a space movie like with something like apollo 13 you've got of course, the danger of being in space. Well, one of the things I liked about that movie is the way they went about things. In Apollo 13, they did that same space fire. Not space. It wasn't in space. They did that same fire where there was a, there was a plugs out test and they were all in it. And I remember it was this whole drawn out scene of the burning to death and, you know, going, oh, let us out. And that never stuck right with me. In this movie, it was just a big poof. And like no one even. Everything was so matter of fact. They thought the radio was out. No, the people that were nearby didn't even know that everyone in there was just charred remains. Like, hmm. so y'all would say it's a to watch it in theaters, or it's a wait. Or oh, I would uh, say if you miss it in theaters, then you definitely missed out because okay. the the points. What was the? But what it's was, a great movie to. Oh no, rent. so kind of like kind of like Interstellar. Like if you didn't see it in the theaters, no, it's not as great. But still, probably watch leaned it on the big screen. And I think that First Man definitely had some big screen moments. Like when that rocket's taken off. Wow. You feel like, wow, I'm what was going the name to of space. The, what was the name of the mission whenever they were kind of spiraling out of control when they were coming back towards Earth? I don't remember that. That was, freak, that was freaking the hell out of me. That really, oh, I got a little bit of motion sickness during that. Like that was, like, it is so handheld. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, where the other guy passes out. Ryan Gosling's about to pass out. And the entire thing is spiraling. I don't know mm-hmm. how many G's it was at, but he's like got to calibrate the thing while he's spinning the hell out of, you know, the atmosphere, things like that. Yeah. Um, but, oh, and the moment that they are on the moon, um, that's pretty magnificent. The you, way that they were able to do that. Cause I think, I don't feel know how so far away from home. Like, yeah. Oh man. The, I just being able to like, it felt, I don't know. It, like you really, felt with Ryan Gosling or Neil Armstrong being able to stand on that and see your home and be able to put your thumb over it. I forgot about the the scene wherever and kind of talking about how introverted he was. The scene wherever his wife has to go to him and pretty much say like we we've known that this day has been coming for a really long time and the likelihood of you coming home is very very small mm. and you still haven't talked to the kids. Like you're just about to leave. And oh, they're no. never going to see you again. And yeah. when she has to like force him to sit down and talk to her, th- their sons about what is about to happen and the likelihood of him coming back. And he has the conversation like it's a business meeting almost. Mm. And I thought, I thought Ryan Gosling did a great job. Like in that scene in particular, I mean, he was good throughout the whole thing, but yeah. in particular there where he had to like tell his sons and he w- just wasn't really able to, his I'm kids sorry. had to like force it out of him. Like, are you going to come home? And he's like, we have a lot of confidence in the mission. But the likelihood is that, you know, there could be some errors. Mm. It was very sad. That's, how old were his sons? Like, I mean, what? Maybe the eight. oldest was 10. And, oh, you know, wow. Like okay. But. You didn't see it? No. Um, Nathan invited me, but I think I was stitting. So yeah, that was, that was a really good one. I, I feel like a lot of movies like that lean on the wrong things, but. Like they could have leaned on the whole politics of it, and they didn't. But it was definitely prevalent. It was in there for like a scene, and I thought they did a good job. What is it? Sending Whitey to the moon? Yeah, and Whitey's on the moon. Yeah. I don't have money to feed my kids, but Whitey's on the moon. 
All right, well, I'll probably need to watch it. I don't know. Is it on iTunes yet? I don't think it's on iTunes yet. It'll no. be out in a few months okay. or maybe a month. Let's talk about another Claire Foy movie that we liked just as much, if not even more, Girl in the Spider's Web. Oh, yeah, that was. So uh, I liked the trailer. That's all I can say. I didn't even like the trailer that really? much. Really, the one where she went in the, the one house. Where she's writing on. Okay, okay, that part. The one where she they went in the house. They played the hell out of that scene in all the promos, and that was pretty good. Okay, that yeah, that trailer. scene. I would. I would have gone to see the for that scene. Up, she said, "Tell me your your account." I don't care. The best part about that movie and then was the contemporary the art installation. You thought so? <laughs> <laughs> so with these movies, what? So there were there was a, an original trilogy in Norwegian. I think it was based mm-hmm. on the three yeah. books. And then there was a fourth book that was written that was like had to be finished by someone else because the author died. And then there was a fifth book that was written by someone else. Oh, I didn't know that. So then what? David Fincher with Daniel Craig and Rudy Mara makes yeah. the American version. That was pretty good. Like yeah, it still comes across good. my mind every once in a while. And uh, now we have this version, which is kind of trying to reboot everything. Where the queen. Right. With Claire Foy as Lisbeth Salander. And okay. it's the fifth book. So this is the last book that's been adapted. So is this the last remake then? Like, uh, I, I don't know what they're trying. I think they're just trying to see if it makes it money. It better be. And then try and go from here. Well, but I, re- yeah. I really liked what Rooney it, Mara not, did with it. It's completely disconnected from Okay, her. so She's Rooney Mara has nothing to do no, with this new person. No, but they're the no. same It's the same. It's kind name? of like a James Bond thing. Kind of like we got okay, a new person to play the, the person, but there's no real connection. Well, then, yeah. If it wasn't worth it, then I hope they stop. Well, because you got to realize that the whole plot was centered around a programmer who had made a program to get all of the nukes Nuclear weapons. I'm not gonna all the nuclear weapons in the world to be operated by one computer that had a really nice user interface. It's like bloop, 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 here are your nuclear weapons. There, there was an interview with Claire really Foy easy. who said that because they were asked about you know one is laptop. this is this series going to be turned into a James Bond type of thing. And she was like, I get why people are saying that because I'm the third person to play the character, kind of like a James Bond type of series. Right. But she said like we wanted to really. Make it more uh, a story, a personal story about a tortured soul who is having to reconnect with her roots. And we're not trying, we're trying to disconnect, she said, we're trying to disconnect ourselves from the James Bond superhero type of thing that's going on in mm-hmm. franchise movies nowadays. Can which, you, which, they which, did not do a good job of that. First, her, the, the villain wears like this red cape all the time. Like what is going on? The I mean, it feels and is touted weird. as a vigilante. Yeah. And can you? Sorry, I remember one thing you told me. And then also, kind of, it's got this Mission Impossible type of plot. Like there's some, they've got a device that's going to launch all the nuclear weapons. Like right. You told me one thing, because um, the first person who played Elizabeth, the Norwegian virgin, she was very good. She from uh, what? Numira Pass from Prometheus. Yes. Yes, her. She yeah. played like a tortured soul. Like you could feel her pain. Yeah. Same with Rooney Mara. Like. Oh, you're so, so tortured. In the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning no, scene, you could feel like so. she's just angry she's at broken. the world. But I, didn't you say something about Claire Foy? She didn't, didn't seem like angry. She seemed more like whining and pouty about it. I don't it. know about whining and pouty. She just seemed kind of like a, I don't know. She can't, none of the others came, the character wears black all the time. Right. And in the other movies, she never came across as like a goth person. But she seemed just like a, a very upset emo person in this movie, like going into bars with a cigarette and, and then going to find going into a dark club and then going to find the one window. And yeah, 
having the cigarette. She smoked by outside. the window. She curled up in the window. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty sad. And she's like, <laughs> and that was like in the other movies. She was listening to Nirvana the whole time. In the other movies, the detail that they had, maybe it was detailed or they just did a good job of making it look like there was a lot of detail in the programming. I mean, mm-hmm. this stuff, kind of like what you said with the user interface, it looked like just about anyone could have done that type of thing. I mean, what bothered me more is like someone said, what's everyone most scared of? Nuclear weapons. What makes nuclear weapons really easy to use? Well, if we could get all the nuclear weapons on one laptop on a map, yeah, that's just so stupid. It's like, I, I, there's no program in the, I don't know. The and people, it's, he's at the a loss for words. People, I, I'm trying to say, like, I've done programming before. Maybe I'm thinking, like, oh, well, there's, I know that that's not possible. But I, it's, it was, like, one laptop that ran all the world's nuclear weapons. It's, he's seriously <laughs> speechless. Like, and that laptop was in the middle of the country in, like, you know. Which is frustrating because you can feel that the movie is wanting to be a realistic portrayal of this type of is stuff. Is this on 4G? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was so much small stuff going on. Like whenever we were watching it, you well, you had mentioned that you know there's an explosion. It's in all the trailers. There's an explosion in her apartment. The first thing that she does is get out of the bathtub after she survived this massive explosion yeah, and goes to check the facial recognition software that she's got in yeah. the middle of. She her just apartment. boots her computer right up. Like wait, <laughs> at the end. Also in the trailer, you see that she's sucked up in this like plastic garbage bag type of thing, which is vacuum sealed. Vacuum sealed, and the villain is then monologuing to her. Which I, you can't hear in those. Exactly. You see. You see what I've gotten to now. And then she finally breaks it open, but now that there's oxygen about to rush in and make that bag expand, it's still stretchy. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's really petty of me to be like, but it's still is, stretchy. The thing is, like, all of that Sorry. stuff should weird. be like, if the movie works, if the movie's interesting, then I feel like all of those. I'm sure there were lots of mistakes like that in Suspiria and First Man that we could have caught on, but we were probably a little bit too invested in the movie to catch them. Okay, but not that much. I'm sorry. If if she's in a, does it is it saying clearly that it's a vacuum sealed bag? We're gonna. There was a vacuum and a hose. We're about. And it was like a bag she was sitting in, and then she hit a button, and it went. (laughs) Did she ever like Like, when after she monologued? Did she address? what she was saying the villain uh no no when she opened no because she left she left whenever she was oh, still okay. in the vacuum okay. sealed bag and then Lisbeth broke out so she was all alone yeah oh, okay and the red thing really got to me also whenever you see the villain like near the end and it's the girl in the spider's web and the villain is humming the itsy bitsy spider like that's just <laughs> this i was just so bored and that, that doesn't point. hurt i'm we're just gonna give it doesn't she uh like kill herself or something. Something like that. Cause something really. No, also, whenever you whenever you realize like like something okay, really over dramatic. That's the thing. That's Whoa. also in the trailer that they're sisters. That's in the trailer too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Which was apparently in the movie like a big reveal because that's like her motivation for doing all this stuff. Mm. I just didn't get. It. I like, didn't even I know was that. I was raped. And like oh. <laughs> It's Lisbeth or the uh, or her sister. Her sister. Okay. Well, if one sister's been, I mean. Well, yeah, we know Lisbeth's story. They've yeah. both been raped. And what? We'll talk. Well, what actually, happens? let's go to Bohemian Rhapsody now. I haven't seen this one. I wanted to we see this one. We are the champions. Are you, you done? See Bohemian Rhapsody. I still didn't see it. No, I. I Nicholas did. We should I get. I was him like the here. one that was least interested about this movie, and I went to see it. Well, how'd it go? How'd well, first of all, you're a big fan of Queen. Where are you coming from as a viewer? 
about a Queen movie? How did you feel? Okay, I'd like to also say I'm still a big fan of Queen. I don't want to poo-poo Queen too much, but I finally realized why I don't really like Queen all as much as I really could. Queen is one step away from a doo-wop band. I love doo-wop. I do too. I hate doo-wop. What do you like? Um, Devo. He's a rock and roller man. Cramps. I like rock I, and I roll. I listen to Cramps as much as I can. Anyway, that's not to say that Queen is bad. I really like Queen. Freddie Mercury is probably one of the world's best performers ever. And they are serious rock and rollers. Except, you know, they're a little doo-wop. Anyway, I like Queen a lot. And I think that this movie really showed me a lot that I didn't know about Queen. Excuse me. And it was really fun in a lot of ways. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen would have been a much better. I I miss whenever that was better. the movie that was being made. What? Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be Freddie Mercury. I would not have liked that. And I want to thank Michelle Southern for letting me know that because I didn't know that until Michelle Southern played a Queen song Rock and I was like, off. you know, um, I would not have liked that. But the thing is, it's Rami Malek, while he's still a good actor, was severely miscast, and he made Freddie Mercury. Look like a clown. And you and I are big fans of uh, Mr. Robot, so that's not something that. Like, yeah, I mean, Rami Malek is a incredible, is a great actor. He's been cast very well up until this point. But this was one of those movies that someone said, "This is going to be your big break, son." But they tricked him because he was replacing an actor. All these actors, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, if your big break is because you're replacing an actor, don't do it. If the director has changed, don't. Do it. That's another thing that was freaking me out a little bit about this. Like what? Brian Singer was supposed to be on Brian Singer, the guy who made all those X-Men movies. Well, in the beginning, you, sh- you see Freddie Mercury as a teenager with long hair and big teeth. And he's kind of goofy. And you're like, it makes you uncomfortable. You're like, Ugh, that guy, <laughs> you know, but, you know, he's Freddie Mercury. Obviously, he's going to be off. Um, but once he gets to Wembley, you think, OK, he's going to grow up at this point. But he... I don't know. It's like Rami Malek is a little bit homophobic. Like, it's almost like he's making fun of a gay person the way he does it. He has a little bit too much camp. Really? You know? Yeah. Huh. I mean, you should if you watched it, you'd see what I mean. Like, it just you know you know when your when your dumb friend starts putting on that gay voice and it's like, like it doesn't sound right. It, you know what he's trying to put across, but in the end, it's just a little condescending. Nathan, yeah. do we you do know? we have a friend like that? Does that? No, we don't. We we got rid of all of them. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and one of the things I wanted to say about John Clay Wolf is he, there's a character on there that's always doing some gay voice. And that's so not cool. Not only do we live in 2018, it's just something we all did in kindergarten. Anyway, I can say that. What is. But it felt like, it just felt like he was told, okay, and there's a scene. I was going to, I wasn't going to go let ahead. you see this. Go ahead. I told you there's a scene in there where you're going to realize that. This movie is actually really goofy. You're not going to know it up until this point. You're going to be really raptured. There's going to be a lot of great music in it. It's actually going to have pretty good pace. But at this point, this scene, you're going to think, ah, oh, this movie sucks. It's at Wembley. And I'm sure this happened at Wembley because it's such a stark scene and it looks so much like they're trying to recreate it. Freddie Mercury, at one point, sticks his legs apart and sticks his head down and looks into the camera in between his legs. Right. Okay. But the look that Rami Malek has on his face when his head is between his legs is just, (laughs) it just, it looks so bad. And it was funny because I saw that Wembley scene. I, you know, I like to sneak into the other theater, you know, just to see a scene or two, especially of a movie I've already seen. And I saw that scene. I was like, yeah, no, this movie, it, it could have been so much better. It is sad because, you know, I don't want to say, 
you know, my parents went and saw it with me and they loved it. And my mom loves oh, Queen. Interesting. You know, my dad loves Queen and they thought this movie is the greatest. And I didn't want to say anything about it to them. And I did, I did later, but you know. How they shouldn't have liked it? Unless you're picky. You, that's the thing. I don't think you shouldn't like it. Like, unless okay. you're picky, it's still a really good movie. There's a lot of things that you're going to learn about Queen. There's a lot of, I just, it could have been better. It, okay. I think that movie's going to fade away. I don't think, you know, because then be two days later, I went to go see A Star is Born. And oh man, oh. we're gonna review that next. I guess we need to review that. Next. That movie, oh, it's good and just blew me away. And Palmer hates musicals. No, I hate yeah, musicals. I I I looked at the poster of that movie and I said, that one. But then I remember you had seen it and there was nothing else playing. I thought, okay, I'll I'll play it. And man, I walked in there. And Bradley Cooper was just ringing that guitar out, and it. I wish I had seen that one in IMAX. I saw Bohemian I Rhapsody saw that one in, in IMAX. It is so good. Oh, when he goes out, I mean, what? He, he takes the pills. He's got it with a glass of whatever it is that he's drinking in his hand. Automatically, you're on stage with him. It is so, it's so weird because I know that there have been so many times, I mean, so many movies about musicians. I guess we've kind of, is, are you good with Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, we're done. Kind we're of doing Stars Born now. Kind of a dud. This, being able to see, it, it was so convincing that that artist had peaked long ago and was way in decline, like not going to do well. Everyone was but ready to But he still could him. play the guitar. He could still play the guitar, and he was still as talented as he probably ever was. But like he's being forgotten. Like he's not setting himself up for success. And he then picks someone right up, and they are way on their way to the top. And it's, you probably don't see them even by the end of the movie before they've even reached their peak. And it does that. It does that so well. And I mean, on a romance level, the two of them are incredible together like just when they're at that piano singing with one another i absolutely believe the two of them are and maybe that well, feels it's bradley like, cooper and lady gaga they're the perfect two people for that when i went into that movie i was so ready to be like it's lady gaga like why is you she? didn't think she'd be a good actor no i didn't and me she's neither really actress good. she does thank you yeah, she's all right miss modern woman she is incredible. Get off your phone. No, I haven't Look seen you. this oh, movie. Oh, you haven't seen A Star is Born? No. Okay, the oh, music. man. The music. Oh, man. What? <laughs> Shallows? That song? Yeah, no, I've also, heard a lot of the soundtrack. I love Andrew Dice Clay. He is so, her dad, he's like, you know, they tell me I could have been a crooner too. Yeah. Better yeah. than Frank Sinatra, some of them said. No, I, I haven't seen it yet. I have heard a lot of the soundtrack and I've heard amazing reviews, not just from YouTube, but actually online and i feel bad that i never went to go see yeah, it should because it was really good and like the whole thing i did not know that there was another movie before that i didn't know it apparently was a three movies before movie. um but i mean lady gaga was just amazing and and, and i do it, like her i think she's a good actress because i've seen the, her in other stuff what it, it did such a good job you didn't see this movie it did such a good job of playing the rock and roll side of like a traditional older man who is just trying to really wring out what's left of his soul and then contrasting that with some young girl who hasn't had, you know, who hasn't had the same struggles as him. But she's in her 30s and she's got just as she's much She's much say. younger. Well, yeah. yeah. And she has a much different style of music. But... You know, if you're a rock and roller, you're going to like it for the rock and roll. But it also does a good job of pulling you over to the other side and showing you that everyone, everyone has good music. Even, even Lady Gaga. Yeah. I mean, Lady Gaga had good music before this. 
Just I just I never believed it until I saw this. Just movie. dance. I like that song. Yeah, me too. Just dance. Gonna be okay. Poker face. Po- I mean poker face. Me, 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 poker face. You, when that song came out, really liked that song. Yes, you did. You really I don't know liked that, that but song. You were all into poker face. And I was like, Lady Gaga, what are you doing? Everyone likes Lady Gaga. Poker face is a good song. I didn't know that I was into it right when it came out. I would love to see Lady Gaga in something similar to this. In in something similar to a story, what a Star is born. Like she needs to do another movie. Oh, oh yeah. I um, she will. if you're wanting Lady Gaga, you should just watch American Horror Story. I don't really want to watch. No, American Horror no Story. one wants to watch American Horror Story. That, that show is awful. She was good in it. Maybe like she was creepy. That show. Sam Elliott. I don't care. Sam Elliott was also Michael Fassbender's in Whoa. American Horror Story. He never would be. Sam Elliott was also great. His brother. I thought that was incredible. I I love. I just love yeah. seeing that guy. What the guy from uh, the Wise Man. In uh, the Big Lebowski, I only say that because I saw the Big Lebowski recently Wise again. Man. It's so good. You know the guy, that the the older guy. Have you seen? Also, How's it going, dude. He, he's like always oh. that southern guy who's so chill and yeah. he's always there to give advice at a bar. Yeah. Sarsaparilla, please. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if I was down, I would go to a bar and he would be there. That's that's just where he's supposed to I be. I feel like if you were down, you would hoping he'd be there, and then you'd be even more down because he's not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He this is not, not what bars are like. <laughs> He's not here. And then some old guy's like, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd leave. All right. I'm going to talk about the house that Jack built now, which okay. I want to give a little bit of an intro. Oh, and I'm I'm gonna really, throw it I over. really want to know what you think I'm of I'm going to throw it over to you because what you had said about it beforehand, I thought was interesting. And it was an interesting mindset that and I had. You got a good rebuttal for this? I Well, I mean. Let I'm it just happen naturally. It. Let's you, do it. I, well, I don't think that you... I'm well, you sorry. haven't seen it yet, but yeah. I'm so being mean to you right now. I'm sorry. I don't know no, why. Yeah, you are. Okay. Like well, anyway, the, the House of Jack Bill, if you haven't heard about it, new Lars von Trier movie. It is uh, It's pretty much... It is. A, it opens with two people traveling through darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just means like the first five minutes of the movie is just a black screen. That's cool. And Matt Dillon is having a conversation with someone else. The other man is saying like, you can talk if you want to, but I've heard several stories. You're not going to tell me anything that surprises me. And then... <laughs> Matt Dillon is pretty much saying, well, this is, I've lived my life this way, this, 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 and I'm going to give you five incidents that pretty much can show you the type of man that I was. And it is pretty much five of the dozens of people that he's killed in his life. Hmm. So the house that Jack built is kind of this amalgamation of murders that he's committed. And, oh, sorry, I'm not close to the mic enough. And, uh... Much like most other Lars von Trier's movies, there's a lot of theological talk about things like death and art. And in a way that is uh, pretty, I don't know, that sounds shitty. I, I even told us we shouldn't be cruising. That sounds pretentious, but it's Matt. <laughs> it's, it's a much better I gotta word. say, they it's got a Matt good guy. Dylan. They got a good guy to do Matt yeah. Dillon is awesome. Matt Dillon really is good. great. Matt Dillon uh, is able to pull off a lot of stuff in this movie that if you heard this, there's going to be this happening. Okay. In well, movie. let me tell you what yeah, I so, was thinking. Okay. So I told you last so, night I was going to watch this and you were like, okay. What's his last movie? Um, what? Nymphomania. Nymphomania. That That's was my, still a good movie. I, it, well, it was a good movie. But as far as movies go, I don't know if there is a movie that pushes things further than Nymphomaniac push things. Uh, Especially yeah, that, if you go watch one. the director's cut. What, yeah. That one with Char- the same Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, 
with her and the guy from Spider-Man. I'm what Antichrist? Yeah, I feel like he, no one pushes it. I, I mean, not nearly as much as Nymphomaniac. No. Nymphomaniac. There was a scene is, in Nymphomaniac where she gives herself an abortion. Yeah, it's like whoa. Yeah, I guess if I haven't someone seen is it in trying to push time. the limits of film and push the limits of people, it's Lars von Trier. And Trier. Is it? Go ahead. Keep going. I'm so sorry. She keeps doing this. This is the first time. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if anyone is trying to push the limits of film with Nymphomaniac, it's Lars von Trier. Which and then we also Trier. And then the th- he comes out with a movie about a serial killer next. Like, who is this guy? That is the thing. And a lot of the movie, a lot of this is Matt Dillon saying, like, you know, a lot of, what was it? There are dark, there are parts of cathedrals where art is hidden in the dark, and that art is meant for God. And in the same way, that is what I am doing. I am creating my art that's meant for nobody to see. Yeah. So there is a lot of stuff. And that's why. That's, a, for you know, my thing. first and thing I is. And I don't want to, I don't, this is going to sound snotty. I'm just saying that it's going to sound snotty. But this movie played the day before I got to Cannes. So this hmm. was the big movie that everyone was talking about. Are you talking about Paris? Um, well, yes. Paris is like five hours away. Oh, okay. Right? I think France is. Okay, awesome. you went to France, France, right? Sorry. I did not have any romance with any France person, unlike this man and Overlord did. But <laughs> everyone was very mad. Hundreds of walkouts. Hmm. That was that was where the papers. Oh, sucker! How can Lars von Trier <laughs> be doing this to women? He hates women. It's a movie where five women. Have well, been it's starting murdered. to sound like it. <laughs> That's you and know, yeah, I, and like aside from that, aside from the potential public outrage i mean obviously Lars von trier 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 (laughs) is not one to be persuaded by public outrage and that's what makes him such Mm. a groundbreaking filmmaker but at the same time he's really pushing it bro how many times you gonna make a movie about some messed up person I well, think I that's think. okay. I mean, I think that's okay that well, you make remember, it about messed up people, I just but think I don't know. My, my concern what is was, he pushing with he, women? I, no, I like, think, why were they well, so upset about this? Because movie? women are upset about everything. Okay, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to mark that down in the podcast so that I can go back and <laughs> take that. Out. Okay, no, so women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, no, my point, look, let me finish, though. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking a long way to get around this. No, I still need to give my rebuttal so I was concerned that he himself despite what people might think about the movie has been pushing it a bit too far and was just going to flop with this movie because he's been doing this a little too much. I would say that it does feel like there is some type of bubble that's building. Cause what it was antichrist melancholia was a little much more reserved. I like that one. Uh, I with, the, okay. So how was this movie? Remember with the can screening, uh, in 2011, wherever it was myth melancholia, mm-hmm. where he made the joke about the Nazis, right? And that was that was kind of like Lars von Trier was kind of like an independent director that people knew about. But after that, he was much bigger. He was the guy that got kicked out of like the famous film festival because so, he, he likes. If you want to make it big, make a joke about the Nazis at the right time. About liking the Nazis at the wrong time. And so he was like, and he like every time it. is the wrong time to he make a joke about Nazis. Like he put, he was then labeled persona non grata at the Cannes Film wow. Festival. On every other film that he made after that, he put from the director that is persona non grata at the Cannes Film Festival. Like, okay, so he thrives tell, off of it. He loves, he is like a massive troll. Well, That's what also, I respect. Mel I Kali respect that. kind of made it big because he could say persona non grata on Yeah. And so that, like Lars von Trier has always Thank been the you, guy Latin. who just gives a middle finger to everybody. And is loving it that everyone gets mad at him. Like, I think that was that's okay. Like if he out, wants to make a movie, they put out yes. trailers talking about how many walkouts. But was this movie good? Okay. That so was... what I am saying, I feel like Lars von Trier is the most fun whenever he is being as ridiculous as possible. Hmm. 
cut like what was it? I wrote down. So like, it was good. It was good. I okay. really enjoyed it. Like with Infomaniac, Breaking the Waves, Antichrist, the stuff where at time you you take it seriously because he is. You can tell that he thinks about things in a very theological way and that he's very philosophical and he, he puts that in his movies in a way that's very interesting and that that's fun to watch but also i mean you know this if you like Lars von Trier's movies you can't help but laugh at some of the stuff that happens in them like it gets so ridiculous sometimes yeah you showed me a clip that was it exactly. was random and i was looking at it, I was like this is beautiful and it's it is beautiful and there are moments of and the tiger shows up no. no, but there are moments of absolute beauty. Like he talks about Tarkovsky all the time, mm. and there are moments in so many of his movies recently that looks like they're shots right out of Tarkovsky. But then he'll switch to a GoPro where Matt Dillon <laughs> is swimming underneath a cave, going down into hell, and That's then awesome. he'll juxtapose that. Which I've got to say, some of the sets—I don't know how much the movie cost, but it looks like they went all out. But uh, it's ridiculous if you go into it knowing that this movie is going to be ridiculous, but it's going to be fun then I think you're going to like it. And I, I would say, I don't know where I would place it in his movies, but it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Uma Thurman is, goes a little bit too hammy. She goes really hammy. What do you mean? Like uh, if you told someone like you're overacting a little bit, like a lot, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been appropriate because she really goes for it in, hmm. in her like 10 minutes. She's on screen. <laughs> she wants to be noticed. But I don't know. I mean, as far as Matt Dillon goes, that was Probably the most impressive performance I've seen from him because Matt he is Dillon asked to is do awesome. a lot. What what else does what, Matt yeah, Dillon do? He doesn't play in really anything. I've I'm only gonna, seen him in one movie. What was that movie he did with Joaquin Phoenix, wherever the two of them were like the gangster brothers? He was very good in that. Um, what Matt Dillon? Yeah. And what is that song? Is that Talking Heads? The one that goes fame. Uh, That's David Bowie. David Bowie. Okay. What am I thinking? How did you not know that? I, I'm very. I am very sorry about that. But. That song is played throughout the whole thing, and it will go from this like orchestral music where it's a very deep and depressing thing it's to Matt fame. Dillon then just like beating the heck out of someone as as Fame is playing, and Fame plays a lot in this movie. Wow, you know, but it is very funny. You yeah, can I feel, feel like there are some nasty people out there who don't like me who are like, yeah, you shouldn't ever see that movie because that's you. See, I'm doing <laughs> a gay voice. Can I say that again and not a gay go voice? No. Nope. I feel like there are a lot of people out there who. Feel like there are a lot of people out there who know me for all the wrong reasons and would say, "Don't ever see that movie." And they would be, they, they feel like a certain person who sees that movie would take too much from it. No, but it's it's two and a half hours. That's what I'm a little worried. About. It was two and a half hours, and With, I whenever I realized oh, I had trail. an hour left, I was a little upset because I was like, "Man, this is a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with this." Having a lot of fun killing people. A lot Matt. of fun killing people, and no, yeah. there are just moments where like it, he'll escalate it, and you can, and I don't know what he's like in real life at all. But you can just tell that I'm sure that when he was writing it, when he was making the movie, he was just thinking like, oh, there are going to be people that hate this. They're <laughs> going to hate it so much. And he's probably loving every minute of it. But I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's nice seeing someone that's, you know, ballsy. Matt Dillon uh, is, is like most known for Crash. Uh, oh, that's right. We have the favorite. So we'll do the favorite and then we'll get out of here. Or maybe do we want to leave that for next time? Maybe we can. It's fine. Yeah, let's do that next time. We should talk about blues. Oh my gosh, now? Uh, Mom's asking what time she thinks we'll be home. I don't know. What, like 15 more minutes here? Then I'll take Nicholas home? That's right, Nicholas. 
I told mom that we'll be done in 15 minutes and then I'm going to head home with Nicholas. We're going to save the favorite for next time. Okay.